Hello everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 151. Benjamin Yoder here today, talking about video games and maybe a little bit of anime at the end. I don't have a lot to say, um, but you know, we'll try to we'll try to plug it in there if we got some time. It's, I don't think this will be a particularly long podcast, so I think we'll be good. But uh, one thing that I've been working on is, uh, you know, we have the the PCFX podcast that I'm working on that's coming up. And so I've been trying to look at some more games that I picked up. I, I bought quite a few games. I was in Japan for the PCFX that I haven't really checked out. Uh, Megami Paradise 2, I think, is one of those. Uh, Sparkling Feather. And I can't remember if I picked anything else up while I was in Japan. But basically just trying to, to spend a little more time in my PCFX library before I do that podcast. And uh, one of the games that I wanted to check out was Battle Heat. Now, Battle Heat for the PCFX is a... Interesting game. If you don't know, the PCFX is like focused on FMVs, very much from that era of like interactive CD software kind of thing. So Battle Heat basically tries to be a fighting game uh, using a series of FMV sequences. And like when you look at this, you know, or or think about the concept of what this game is, uh, it's it's kind of really weird to see because you basically just have these these little. Uh, videos that are playing back and forth showing like you know damage and then you have a health bar that's going going down uh but it ultimately weirdly enough does feel like a fighting game in some ways it it kind of has your standard fighting game moves you have a heavy attack and a light attack button uh you can jump and then do like heavy kicks out of the air you have like special uh moves you can input to do like special attacks and then also you can shoot projectiles and there's like a spacing mechanic too so you can kind of like stand further away from the other player or or stand closer although i never really fully understood how to manage that outside of particular moves that seem to kind of move you away or backwards after you you used them um so when you're actually playing it it, it feels strangely enough like a fighting game in some ways uh but obviously you don't have direct control of your character and uh and kind of what the main gimmick of this game is is that you have the ability to do counterattacks against each other so if somebody comes in and does a punch the other player has a window of time to do a counter and you guys can do that i think uh four times total so you know the person who initiates punches the other person counters, you counter that counter, and they can counter back. So so essentially, if if the counters are completely done correctly, you'll be the one that's hit back, basically. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the windows are pretty slim on some of those things. Uh, and there's also, like, some moves that are, like, specific to... You can only do this special when you're in the air, so you have to click the jump button, and then while the jump animation is playing, put the special uh, attack in and things like that. So very tight windows, a lot of these, these uh, uh, moves. But I guess... Like, it, it's a concept that shouldn't work, and when you look at what it is, you know, it's 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 kind of silly to see. Initially, there's a, there's a few PCFX games that are like this, and I think there's also a Super Nintendo Yu Yu Hakusho game that does something similar. It, it shouldn't work. It's basically just, you know, pre-made video that shows combat, and, like, it just cuts together really fast. I'm actually very impressed. I don't really understand how that works on the PCFX. You'd think... Like, it would need time to load from the disc those those animations, but I'm guessing it's just keeping them all in RAM or something. I, I don't know. I'm not technically minded. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I guess, like, coming out of Battle Heat, you know, I, it took me about an hour to figure it out. And then I I played through all the characters and beat one of the characters on hard mode. And, and that's kind of the most of the content. I think there's technically a way you can play as the enemy team if you, like, put in a particular code at the beginning of the game. But, you know, it's just a matter of you basically switch sides and you're just playing the other character on the other side and they have different, you know, move inputs you put in. I guess I'll say that is, like, each of the characters don't feel particularly unique. Um, they have some different specials and things like that and some different stats. But, uh, but what you're doing gameplay-wise largely feels... Um, 
the same between each character. So it's it's a fun novelty. I would say, you know, if you do pick it up for any reason, say give it an hour, go check out the Giant Bomb wiki page for it. There's actually a decent amount of resources there. Um, and then also, uh, you know, put a little bit of time into it, maybe play through it twice. But I think after that, you're probably good. Uh, there's just not a lot to it. It's more, I'm just more impressed that it even feels like a fighting game in the first place. I also went ahead and uh, finished up the Magic Pen. Actually, before the last podcast went up, I finished it. Um, and yeah, it was about, uh, it's actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. It was closer to about 10 hours. <laughs> so I don't know how the, whoever played before me got it done in like six, but yeah, it took, it took me a while and, um, there, nothing really new to say about the game other than that there was some kind of story developments towards the very end, uh, you know, being a close to 10 hour game, basically the last 30 minutes of it. So probably not worth all the time. Uh, to, to get there but uh, uh the last 30 minutes of it was was pretty cute it, it had a very um kind of like uh uh bittersweet ending i guess so the, the magic pen spoilers i don't know if you if any people out there plan to play tobidasu magic the magic pen uh d- don't listen to this next minute <laughs> but but basically uh it, it's pretty cute it's like the, the people on the island like some of them are real and some of them aren't some of them once they've kind of f- fulfilled their purpose on the island they turn back to what they originally were so, so one girl is like a crown and then um uh one guy like helps you guys build a boat and then he turns into a dolphin when he's done and things like that so so like half the citizens disappear and then at the very end um your character the girl um uh, I guess her thing is done too. She turns into a giant version of the magic pen, basically. That's just like floating. And then, uh, so I think depending on who you talk to most throughout the game, uh, you kind of build up a relationship thing with certain characters. I, again, I'm not hundred percent sure it's all in Japanese. Um, but, but, but it's kind of, it's kind of sweet of like, he's running around the island trying to find you and can't find you. And then he, um, he eventually takes the pen and uh this last it's like the last thing you do as a player you actually draw yourself back into existence and then and then you come back to life and then you're like crying and he's like ah <laughs> i don't know it was it was sweet um it was a little I, I i thought that was a really fun way to end that game it reminded me a lot of how like uh you know in we ski you get through the majority of that game and like like the story doesn't really matter the whole way through but in the last the last minute they kind of attach everything together in a really sweet way kind of thing so so yeah i enjoyed that game maybe not worth 10 hours but very much worth the two dollars i spent on it if you've been following the stream i recently played through left alive so we finished that up last week um so yeah i'm i'm generally pretty happy with that game um you know, I wouldn't say it's a it's a great game. If you don't know, Left Alive, it came out. It got r- panned pretty hard. And before I played the game, I didn't really look into to why it got panned. Um, really, the things I noticed when I was playing through Left Alive were, uh, you know, early on, it's the the odds are very much stacked against you. You don't have a lot of ammunition, a lot of you know. Uh, weapons to kind of move forward. So like, you're it's really difficult to fight through crowds, even though sometimes you need to fight through a crowd. Um, so a lot of the times you just kind of want to run past everything, but once you get past that first mission with each character, when they just start with their pistol and like two grenades or something like that, uh, each character builds up an arsenal that, that is retained through the whole game basically. And as the arsenal builds up and as you get more equipment, it becomes more about like strategic third person shooting than it does stealth. There, there are definitely times that stealth are useful. Uh, like at the final level, I stealth through basically the entire, entire final encounter, (laughs) But it is very much, I think, trying to intended to be 
a a game where you're you're using the resources you have to defeat the enemies in front of you and not necessarily just hiding from everybody but you know that's the kind of the thing with that game is that you can handle enemies uh but but you have to be smart about how you're handling them and how many you're handling at once because if you're fighting like five dudes it's very hard to manage the that damage you know use a reasonable amount of resources one of the problems i had on on the last level for a particular character named olga was i kind of burned all my resources up until the final battle so i had to go back to a previous save because um because i just kind of didn't have the the equipment to to finish off that final encounter so there's definitely like needing to make sure you don't just like burn 120 assault rifle shots on like one guy trying to kill him so you need to use things like you know grenades molotov cocktails any various like you know items you have to to whittle down the health of enemies so then you can use like your final final bullets to like you know finish taking them out essentially shotgun is very powerful though i'll say so if you if you do get a shotgun in that game uh i highly recommend using it because you basically just walk up on someone and then instantly kill them um uh, but yeah, like in terms of the stealth stuff, I eventually kind of figured out what they wanted stealth wise. So it wasn't really too much of a question. Uh, early on, I had a lot of trouble figuring out like, you know, exactly when I would be caught, and when I wouldn't be caught. Um, sometimes with like the, the giant robots, it was a little hard to tell, you know, what their range of sight was because they were just like so tall. And like sometimes it was like you'd be walking down a corridor and one of the giant robots on the street beside you were just like, hello, and just start shooting at you. So so that was a, a pretty, pretty hard um, but it's a challenging game, and I think challenging in a in a in an okay way. Uh, I I found that you know early on de- definitely there there weren't a ton of cutscenes that acted as checkpoints, but uh, as time went on, it seemed like I I didn't have nearly as much trouble with like dying and having to go back really far in that game. Um, I do really like the uh, dialogue in that game. I and, and the characters too. I like Mikhail. He's kind of like the the original main character you play as Olga is fine. She's basically this lady who's just worried about this little girl. And then finally you get this dude with a scar. And I don't really know what's going on story wise. I will say, I will say this, you know, when I stream games, it's hard for me to pay attention to the story. So I don't want to sit there and say like the story was not memorable. Uh, I didn't really understand the story when I was streaming it, but I wasn't reading like the archive files and things like that because I was streaming it. So I don't want to comment too much about the story of the game, Uh, but I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the cheesy dialogue. I'm always into that like B-movie dialogue. That's some of my favorite writing and voice acting in any game. (laughs) So, so I was really digging that. Oh, and there's also like these mech sequences as well. They don't show up a ton in the game, but basically you can, you know, ride these mech around and and do a bunch of fights against like other mechs or, or you can destroy tanks and things like that too. Um, I, I never really got the hang of those. They definitely were, they didn't really show up enough for you to really get a feel for the controls. I feel like It, it usually felt pretty cumbersome. Um, and, and, you know, once you had a little bit of time into it, I felt like I, I kind of figured out what I was doing, but as soon as I was figuring out like how, how I should be playing this, this, uh, mech, uh, it pretty much would kick me back out into being on the ground floor again. Then, you know, two, three hours later, I'd get back into a mech again and be like, uh, <laughs> I don't remember how this works anymore. <laughs> so, so yeah, but overall I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's a solid game. I don't think there's anything too terribly bad about it. Um. So I did go and watch the IGN review because they gave it like a 3.8 out of 10. I, I was curious to see what they didn't like about it. And I will say this. Uh, so they played the PC version. I played on PS4. 
that PC version looks real rough, uh, at least how they were running it. The, the, they, they had mentioned it was like very choppy and the video they showed was incredibly choppy. So don't know if that's just a general issue with the PC version or maybe they just had a bad set of hardware or something for that game. I know there's some cases like I think um, AMD cards or something like that didn't play nice with like uh, the Gunvolt when that came out on, on PC initially. Or maybe it's like NVIDIA cards or something like that. Something weird. Um, so like I don't really... I don't have the breadth of understanding of, of, you know, computer parts to say like, oh, would Left Alive had run better if they used this different type of hardware or something like that. Um, but I think most of their complaints were pretty, pretty much, uh, I'd say legit. Um, you know, at least I understood why all their complaints were there. I don't know if I really agree with how intense they felt about it. Um, you know, the, the AI is a little, little dumb at times. Uh, you know, it, it is a game that doesn't have a ton of checkpoints. So like once you start triggering more cutscenes later on in the game, it, it definitely, the checkpoint systems, I think is pretty reasonable. Um, I think they, they said they put like 24 hours into it and maybe they're trying to save all the survivors, but who 24 hours and not, and they said they didn't beat the game. Like, I, I don't know how how long you were taking in that. I, I think we finished out at like 12, maybe less than 12. Uh, but admittedly at some point I, I had decreed that we weren't going to save anybody anymore. Good point that like you have to basically these like little side quests where you save people would show up and it just like, <laughs> they're not worth it. You just leave, leave them be. They're not worth it. Uh, just go finish the game. I, I got, I'm pretty sure the bad ending, but I actually looked up the end, ending online. And uh, I, I think the ending is barely different if you get a good ending. So I'm going to guess it's probably not worth your time to go back and play through it again. But I'd say I generally had fun with it. I don't think it's a bad game. I think they said it's awful, depending on their review scale, IGN. I definitely don't think that's the case. But admittedly, again, they played the PC version, and it looked like it was running pretty bad for them. Um, so, yeah, if you if you want, like, a pretty straightforward stealth action game, I feel like it's it's probably perfectly fine. Is it going to, you know, match Metal Gear Solid 5? I've never played Metal Gear Solid 5, so I don't know. I would say one thing about Metal Gear Solid 5 is I don't know if I would like an open world stealth game so much, but uh, where Left Alive is kind of open, but it, it is pretty restrictive in where you can go a lot of the time. So, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm glad when a game like directs me to, to certain locations and things like that. Uh, one thing I wanted to do this week as well, and I, I said I wasn't going to talk about Animal Crossing anymore, really, and I, I haven't played any more New Horizons, so so I don't really have any commentary to add to that. And honestly, like my opinions are, are pretty much in line with everybody else's. I think at this point I might have some smaller deviations, but for the most part, I think how I feel about New Horizons is the same as, as everybody else feels. Uh, but one thing I just uh, kind of was spending this time thinking about was what where would I want them to go with next with Animal Crossing? And I'm not saying that these would be you know, realistic or, or what they would do. But I just wanted to kind of talk about a handful of thoughts of like what I would most appreciate, uh, going forward. Admittedly, there's a lot of little things, but I, I assume a lot of those little things are potentially patchable in New Horizons. So I don't want to go over like, oh, what if they made the menuing better? Or, you know, what if terraforming was slightly better? Like that stuff can, can come in New Horizons via patches, I assume. Um, whether they will or not is a whole other thing. So I'm, I'm thinking more like broadly what I would want. 
Um, and I think the, the, the biggest things off the top of my head I can think of are I'd like a more 3D style environment. And what I mean by this isn't so much like, you know, it's behind the back Animal Crossing, full 3D or something like that. <laughs> like put put that Animal Crossing villager in the Unreal Engine and, and hire me. Um, uh, but more of just like more camera control, being able to place buildings facing different directions. You know, basically make your island like a 360 environment rather than just... Uh, you know, this one directional down look on the island. I, I, I think I really want the ability to to be able to rotate that stuff and see my island from various perspectives and create, um, create you know, villages that aren't necessarily always forward facing. Um, you know, this could still be that it's still like an isometric style game like it is today. But, you know, you can like in your house, what you can do now is you can rotate your house like inside of your house and see it from all angles. I would love to see that uh, on the outside world of Animal Crossing and to open up your ability to to reposition things in different directions. The second thing I would like is uh, more community based interactions, I guess, in, in both an online and an offline sense. Um, I think one of the, the, the biggest challenges I've seen with New Horizons and, you know, people are enjoying the online and I think that's cool. And like they're going and visiting for turnups, you know, trading furniture and stuff or, or letting people know that things are on sale. Um, but I would like to do like some more formal community interactions in the online mode and offline mode. Exactly what those are. I don't really know. Um, I will say this, uh, when it comes to online and offline, I feel like I'd want more persistence between like the players interacting with each other there. And I'm guess like, I guess how I'd explain that is, you know, there, there's some of those little elements that have been in Animal Crossing for a long time where, you know, somebody will do something in your town and then the other character will like absorb that information and keep that information um, and then, so then when you come back and talk up to another, uh, animal, it will like shoot that information back at you. And I think that's cool, but I also feel like it's not really evolved since the original Animal Crossing. So I think I'd like to see more distinct ways that like player interaction with your island can, can have an impact on your island. Um, again, I don't really know how I'd want this to be, but I think in an online sense, at least I would like to have more persistence presence of other people on your island. Um, you know, it would be cool if like, you know, you had a way that people could come do things in your town when you're not online, but I realize that's not necessarily the case. Bring back We Connect 24, leave your switch on so people can log into your island. <laughs> but I think that would be, I think that that's, I think that's like a good first step for online and for offline. You know, I think the, one of the, one of the struggles with, with, with Animal Crossing since New Leaf is that it's been, become very much about customizing your town. And because, you know, you only have one town between four players, um, a lot of those customizations fall onto one player. Um, and I would like them to be a bit more, um, I would like them to be, to involve the other players a bit more. I think one of the biggest complaints I've seen is like, you know, if you can't have multiple islands on one switch or something like that, at least make each, each, uh, you know, animal crossing player, you know, equivalent in their, their capabilities on the island. Uh, it just, I don't know, like, you know, admittedly I'm playing by myself, so it's not something I have immediate you know, experience with, but I just from what I've heard from people, you know, playing together with other people on on New Horizons, it sounds like that the interactions are very limited in maybe the same way that like interactions online are very limited, even when you're playing together offline, things like that. So like, yeah, in general, I think for both off online and offline, I just would like more meaningful uh, uh, interactions between, between two people.
And I think finally is I would like to like there to be less of a reliance on money for progression. I think uh, one of the problems I have with New Leaf and and it kind of extends into New Horizons is everything in the game is based around a money economy, which is, you know, fine. Real world is, I guess. Um, but it's I, I feel like some of the progression would be more meaningful if if there are a variety of ways to earn things like one of the fun things in new horizons is that you can build a bridge out of materials early on but then after one at some point at least you know as far as i got into the game you can only build bridges through money and i think it'd be cool if you could build bridges through materials you know go out of your way to be oh you know i want to build this stone bridge i'm going to go collect 50 pieces of stone and and make a stone bridge or something like that and you know that maybe that doesn't sound super exciting but i think it's better than just every bridge being like this is this bridge is this many bells and things like that uh i think it'd be cool to be able to like kind of maybe mix and match materials so maybe you can make different style of bridges but then like substitute materials out and things like that to kind of customize your items a bit more maybe not you know direct customization but like have different crafting you know options so you know i i think i would want an expansion of the crafting system i guess is what i'm really asking for crafting things that are more meaningful than just furniture things like that so i think those are the big three things i would want out of animal crossing you know it, it being nintendo and animal crossing i really don't expect any of those to really come true i think maybe if anything maybe the crafting elements get expanded upon at some point um, but I, I really don't expect Nintendo to go and try to improve the online experience for Animal Crossing. It's been kind of bad since Wild World and continues to be kind of bad. It's cool that it's there. I'm glad people are using it and I'm having a time. Maybe I shouldn't say it's bad, but it's not something I'm particularly interested in. In terms of news this week, nothing too fancy. Uh, basically, the two things I have here is that uh, Kemco, so Kemco RPGs, if you don't know, um, they make these mobile RPGs or or very budget RPGs. It's not always mobile, but they make very budget RPGs that often look like they're just made in like RPG Maker or something, and they released what feels like 30 billion of these a year. But one of the new ones caught my eye. It's called Maiden Tower. And what's kind of interesting about this one is it has this uh, gimmick where basically, uh, I don't know if it's like a spirit or a princess or what, but basically uh, one of your party members is just a brick wall and they're just a brick wall with a face on it, basically. And, uh, and that brick wall is like a part of your party and how they interact with your party seems to be kind of slightly different from other party members. Uh, they're mainly a defensive-based party member, as far as I can tell. Uh, so they can put up, like, little walls to defend other other members within your party, which, you know, there are, like, cover mechanics in other RPGs. But to see a character that, at least, you know, from as far as I can tell, is built around, you know, blocking shots for other characters, and to such a degree that they're literally a wall, um, I think it's pretty fun. There's also kind of, like, an equipment system for the wall where you can, like, switch out bricks that are, are in the wall. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's more or less, I think, a a, you know, just a equipment slot system, but it does seem like there's different uh, abilities that get connected to those those bricks that you put into your body. The, the equipment screen kind of reminds me a little bit of um, uh, the Undead Syndrome, where you could like embed gems in your body parts or something like that and get different skills and stuff, depending on where you embed them. I'm not sure if the actual slot matters so much here, but I, looking at the screenshot, it, it does show like two empty slots here, and one says Earth Magic 20% up, and one says Fire Magic 20% up, so maybe it like makes sense to put Fire Magic in the slot that says Fire Magic up kind of thing. Uh, one of my favorite things about the Undead Syndrome is that like depending on what slot you put a gem in, it had like different capabilities and things like that. Uh, I'm guessing that's not going to be the case with this, but but it is kind of interesting to see something that at least visually is kind of similar in terms of how it's equipped. 
Um, it also kind of, like, if you imagine a brick wall having, like, nipples or something, uh, it, it kind of looks like the slots go right in the nipples. And in the Undead Syndrome, they also had, like, nipple slots for the gems and things like that. Uh, Undead Syndrome's a weird game. If you haven't watched my review of that, you should. That's, that's, that is a video game. <laughs> I need to do, I need to finish Undead Syndrome 2. I never beat it, unfortunately. So. And then finally, Sword Art Online. Alicization Lacoris, uh, that got delayed due to the uh, coronavirus from May 22nd to July 10th, which thankfully, if you didn't listen to my podcast two months or two two weeks ago, I was complaining how there's too many JRPGs right now and that, that delaying games is help for, helpful for me. So thank you for doing that Bandai Namco. <laughs> I know it's for being delayed for a bad reason, but uh, but I am I am just like, oh, thank God. You know, I, I know that sort of online... Alicization of course is not going to be good. Uh, I don't know anything about what's happening at that point in the Sword Art Online story since I have not bothered to try to catch up with it. I don't know if I will bother to try to catch up with it. Um, but I'm still very interested in that game from what I've seen. And and I would prefer not to have to drop it off my RPG list here. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I played a bit more Xenoblade Chronicles X this weekend. Didn't get too much further, but I'm about 22 hours in. So I'm making progress at least. Um I think I'm on like chapter six of the story missions, and I think there's like five to twelve, twelve story missions somewhere between that range. So, so still, still working on that. And then finally, we're gonna have a little bit of an anime minute here, anime and manga, I guess. Uh, nothing really much to say about this. So basically, I just kind of got in the mood to read me some, uh, some, some, some romance manga. Ooh, ooh. Um, <laughs> um, so I, I actually asked on Twitter for people to, to give me some recommendations. So one I did, uh, end up reading this as a manga was Watashi no Okami-kun. Okay. I hope I pronounced that right. I, I'm like, over the years, my, uh, Japanese pronunciation has gotten significantly worse. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I read that and it basically was just, um, like, I think a pretty straightforward, I guess, I don't know if you'd call it like a shoujo manga. It was kind of like just one guy that she was in a relationship with, but there were like four to five other guys who were very handsome. Um, um, so I read that and it was, it was pretty straightforward love story kind of thing. It does have that thing at the end where, um, I don't, I won't spoil it, but it does have some kind of like, I guess you'd say gimmick at the end that I, that I generally enjoy, although it doesn't really implement it super well. Uh, but it was short and that's what I was looking for. A short, a short, feel good manga, uh, so I, I went ahead and did that. And then uh, another friend of mine, separate from that tweet, actually recommended me My Next Life as a Villainous. So I went and watched that. And it's basically like a um, a anime about this lady who died and, be- and became a villain in an Otome game. And she's like trying to like prevent herself from dying because she knows what happens in the game. And, and, and her character dies at some point. So she's like fighting to try to prevent herself from dying. But it's just like very goofy and very charming uh it's like there's there's all these like i don't know if you'd say complex dynamics to to how her character was supposed to develop uh but there's like a bunch of different types of relationships she's supposed to have with people mostly negative um but then like as she tries to prevent herself from dying she ends up like becoming incredibly good friends with them to the point that i'm pretty sure every character just loves her at this point so so yeah but i i enjoyed that there's like three episodes out right now i think there's four episodes but crunchyroll blocks the the fourth one unless you unless you're a subscriber so i don't know because it's ongoing i don't know if i'll keep up with it right now there's a very good chance i'll just forget about it for a while and then maybe two months from now I'll be like oh yeah that that thing i need to finish that 
and then go back and watch it, but we shall see. One thing that reminded me of is I still have Steam Prison on PC. I got it late last year from Hunex. So I was like, ah, maybe instead of reading an anime or watching a manga, I should read Steam Pri- Prison so I can play a Hunex game. Like, I don't really know too many other situations that I'd be like, yeah, let's play Steam Prison. So <laughs> so maybe now is the time. We'll see, though. We'll see. I'm, I I got to finish up some, uh, some stuff here. So speaking of finishing up some stuff, um, so basically... Uh, in terms of upcoming content, um, next week is supposed to be the the podcast with Keith about uh, budget game collecting and selling. I don't know if that's going to be coming out next week or not. I, I'm still working on it. It's probably the most editing I've done for a group podcast, but we also is the most I've ever recorded. It was like almost two and a half hours long, so I'm trying to cut it down. <laughs> um, so that should be coming up either. If it's not next week, it'll be up the week after that, unless I die or something. Um, and then... Uh, the pen pen triathlon quick play that will be coming up this week. Um, so if you want to see that nightmare of a game, uh, go check that out. (laughs) And then I, like I said earlier, I'm working on the PCFX podcast. I'm still trying to draft out an outline for that, but I have somebody I've been working with. I think we're pretty much on, on a similar page about what we want to do with that podcast. We talked a little bit about this weekend and I, I think we feel pretty, or at least I feel pretty good about the direction is going and, 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 and what we'll be talking about. Um, and then when it comes to the wizard of Oz beyond the Olympic road and Valkyria revolution scripts, um, I forget what I said last week, but if, if I didn't say anything last week, uh, basically I messed those scripts up real bad. Um, I had started doing editing on them and I kind of realized there were some f- problems in those scripts. So I basically broke it apart and, and left it in a mess last week. Cause I couldn't fix it after I broke it apart. This week, the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Olympic Road script, I think, is in good condition. We'll we'll, we'll revisit it this week and, and make sure I still feel that way. I usually give myself at least 24 hours after I finish a draft to, so I can go back and kind of review it and make sure it's good. Um, and then the Valkyrie Revolution script is still struggling a bit, but it's beginning to take form. Um, I, I don't know if I feel great about the current structure of it. But I think it's better than the previous structure. So so I'm working on it. I It's probably the most intense, like, structural piece I've ever done. Uh, and unfortunately, I think what that's going to mean is that it ends up coming out to be very basic structurally. Because anytime I try to implement any kind of complexity to it, it, it just messes it up too much. So don't... Yeah, it, it will probably be very similar to, like, the Castlevania 64 video, I think, where it's, like, very heavy emphasis early on about what works with the game and then on the back end being like okay we've talked about what works with this game time to break down the rest of it <laughs> all the stuff that's broken with Valkyrie Revolution and yeah I don't know sometimes that's just like the easiest thing because you know if I spend the first three to four minutes talking about what's broken about a game that's especially a game that was already universally panned I feel like that doesn't really inform people of much and it's probably more likely to make people leave before I get to make my point about the game. So I try to focus on the good stuff first and then on the back end be like, okay, now that I told you everything I like about this game, let's get into the bullshit. (laughs) So, so yeah. Um, So those are both coming along. I haven't recorded any footage for the Wizard of Oz Beyond the Olympic Road. Um, I have not included any further footage for the Valkyrie Revolution stuff. Um, but I'm not super concerned about that one until I get the script somewhere near final. Um, you know, we'll see where I'm at at the end of this week. Uh, if, if, if that Valkyrie revolution script is not coming together by the end of next week or the week after, I'm going to drop it for now and then work on the, the wizard of Oz beyond the Olympic road, um, all the way to the end on that. So, 
So hopefully I don't run into any challenges with capturing that game. On the, at the very least with capturing that game, I have proved that I can do it. Um, it's just going to be a little, the, the way I've proven I've done it is maybe not the best quality. So, uh, I need to test some other methods to get a better quality. But if I do have to go the way that, that the, the video is a little compressed and things like that, I, I, I won't kill myself over it or anything like that. So anyways, thank you so much for coming this week. OneControlPort.com is the website. In terms of what we'll be streaming this week, um, we're going to have a little bit of a buffer period between uh, between this game and the next game. So the next game, uh, to help further my PCFX research for now, we're going to be playing Lady Cop, Ojo-sama Susomu or something like that. I don't remember the Japanese name, but mostly it seems like people just call it Lady Cop. Um, so I'll be playing that on stream two weeks from now. What I'll be playing this week is I'll be playing through the Bouncer, and then also I'll probably play a little bit of Battle Heat, and maybe we'll fill in some extra time. I think the Bouncer's only like an hour and a half long if I recall correctly. So so we should be able to finish that before the stream's over. Um, and then we'll just play a little bit of Battle Heat, probably not a lot of it. Um, and then I'll probably figure something else out to, to fill in some extra time too. Maybe we'll stick on the PC effects. Maybe we'll play some Xenoway Chronicles X. I don't know. I'll figure it out though. But yeah, the next real long game we'll be playing is Lady Cop. Um, and we'll try to beat it. I, I'm making no guarantees because it's a Japanese game. And if we spend two streams, me being stuck at the exact same point the whole time, I'm going to abandon it and we're going to move on. Um, I mean, I'll, I will probably still play it in my free time, at, uh, you know, but but for a stream game, I don't want to be stuck staring at the screen for five hours, making no progress publicly. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so then for the podcast next week, if, if I do that Keith one, that will be up. I'll, I'll probably post on Twitter about it, depending on how I how I, you know, come, come to it, but you know, there will be a podcast next week at the same time as usual. Um, but what it ends up being either a normal one or a, a, a multi-tap one, uh, I will, I will let you know we're, I'm pretty much done with the editing job. I just need to kind of further, further trim it down. So anyways, thank you so much for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. Uh, I guess that's it. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>